power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for this morning. Just close your eyes and begin to commit yourself into God's hands as His word is about to come to us. Just lift up your voice. We want to pray that the heavens over your head, over your life shall be open. Even as the word of God is about to come forth unto us this morning, we want to take authority over every obstruction of the enemy to the entrance of the word. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Just lift up your voice. Just lift up your voice. Just give Him glory. Give Him praise. In the name of Jesus, just lift up your voice. Thank Him. Thank Him for your life. Thank Him for this week. Thank Him for divine provision. Thank Him for divine protection. Thank Him for His grace that is sufficient for you and for His strength. That is made perfect even in the times of your weakness. Just give him glory. Give him praise in the name of Jesus. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the grace to gather under your feet to hear your word. As your word is about to come forth, let it come forth with power. Let it bring about transformation. Let it break yokes. Let it bring about deliverance and liberation in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every distraction of the enemy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare that the hearts and the minds of the people of God are made sanctified and ready for them to have an encounter with their Father this morning. In Jesus' name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, why are you offended? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for this morning. And we thank him for his word. Hallelujah. Now, um, as you all know, I've been dealing with a series on the abundant life. The abundant life. The Bible says, the thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There are certain things that if we understand, will help us to have life more abundantly. There are certain things, if we assimilate into our system and we practice will help us to have life more abundantly hallelujah and today is i believe the fifth part of the series on the abundant life and as i said at the beginning of the series this series will deal with real life situations practical issues things that we confront daily day in day out and today as advertised i'm going to deal with the subject of Dealing with hurt, offense, and bitterness. Dealing with hurt, offense, and bitterness. My prayer for you is that by the time we are done today, your understanding of the subject of bitterness and offense would have moved to another level. And that you resolve in your heart and in your spirit not to have bitterness and offense and hurt in your heart. Amen. Today's session is like a desilting process when we talk about desilting when a gutter is choked with filth and you go to take out the, the the silt in it so that the water can flow it is a desilting 
procedure and that is what we are going to do today amen we are taking all the hurt we are taking all the bitterness we are taking all the anger out of our hearts so that out of our bellies can flow the rivers of living water as for the rivers of living water they are in our bellies but they are not flowing because some things have choked it amen but today we're going to take all of them away and the river is going to begin to flow amen dealing with hurt offense and bitterness I'm sure everybody listening to me has been hurt before. I'm sure everybody listening to me has been offended before. And I believe everyone hearing me has been bitter before. So this message is for you. Hallelujah. This one is not a matter of tell them or preach it to them. Say it to them. You must say, speak to me. Tell me. Preach to me. Hallelujah. Dial my number. I want us to open to the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13. Alright, before we come to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13, I want to establish a certain fact. I want to establish a certain fact. It's Ephesians 4 verse 31. 31. Before we come to that, I want to establish a certain fact. As for offense, offense, it will happen. Hate will happen. The question is how you deal with it. There is nothing like immunization against hurt. You will be hurt. No matter, Jesus who was um, perfect on earth. People hurt him. People said things. You know, at a point when a man is asking people, what, who do men say that I am? That means he, he has heard some things. Who do men say that I am? You see, sometimes when we say we don't care about what people say about us, it's a lie. Everybody must care about what people say about you. It's just that you must not be ruled by what people say and think about you. It is the truth that you must believe. Hallelujah. And interestingly, the answers Jesus got, some said, you are Elijah. Wrong answer. Some said, God, one of the prophets, uh, Jeremiah, they gave. It was only one of the answers that was right. And even that right answer, it came from a divine revelation. That means for people to really know who you are, God must reveal it to them. So those who are misrepresenting you, those who think you are something that you are not, something bad that you are not, don't get angry with them. Just pray for them for God to reveal the real you to them. Hallelujah. Yeah, just pray for them. Do we have Ephesians 4.31 now? This is an instruction. This is an instruction. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Hallelujah. That means anger is evil behavior. Bitterness is evil behavior. Rage is evil behavior slander is evil behavior and this is an instruction for us to get rid of all of these things so more let's take a shovel and get rid of all these things carry them out of your system and throw them out by the time i'm done with the sermon my my prayer is that you hate bitterness and you hate offense and you hate anger when i show you the harm it actually does to you 
you see before i get that i'm even telling you before that, that when you are angry you are bitter you are you are offended you suffer more than anyone else more than the one who did the the the, the offending hallelujah so this is an instruction to get rid of all of the bitterness let all of it go now there are a lot of reasons why people are offended there are a lot of reasons why people get bitter there are a lot of reasons why people get hit and all of these things they produce similar results they produce similar effects one effect that is common to hurt offense bitterness is anger when you are hurt you become angry when you are offended you become angry when you are bitter you become angry hallelujah the anger leads to hatred you begin to hate people in your heart and i'll show you some of the things the bible says about hatred not loving people hating people and it also gives rise to a desire for revenge and payback haven't you wish that somebody who comes to pass by you he will hit his foot against a stone and fall down and then you say oh chair and you have satisfaction of the soul <laughs> anger hatred desire for revenge and payback there are a lot of reasons why people get offended there are a lot of reasons why people get hurt. There are a lot of reasons why people become bitter in life. If I say I'll go through all the reasons, I'll not be able to exhaust all of them. But I want to take one of them and deal with it briefly. Then I'll move on with my sermon. Because I believe a lot of offenses, a lot of bitterness, and a lot of hurt in our relationships with people, our brothers, our sisters, spouses, beloveds, um, co-workers in the Lord's vineyard everybody you relate to this thing plays a role one way or the other in you getting hurt you being bitter and you being offended and what is that it is unmet expectations unmet expectations that is one thing that 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 links all of these things unmet expectations when you have expectations of people and they are not met people go into marriage with expectations and the expectations are not met and don't expect all your expectations to be met when you get into marriage this is the truth i'm telling you for free you may have your fantasies you may have what you think and you see the fact that your expectations will not be met it's it's not it's not a bad thing it just shows that you are two different individuals who grew up in two different environments with two different personalities two different souls everything coming together to become one flesh you won't have all your expectations being met as a pastor i will not meet all your expectations it's not all, all your expectations that i will meet your friends your roommate will not you will not meet all your expectations you see our expectations are usually formed by our personalities what we think is right what we think is standard what we think is ideal which may be completely different from what the other person also thinks is standard is ideal is perfect hallelujah that's why you must understand it that we can't all have our expectations meeting perfectly Definitely there will be some overlap somewhere and there will be some underlap somewhere and there will be unmet expectations. A typical example of somebody getting offended as a result of unmet expectations was John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist was brought onto the earth primarily to come and pave the way for Jesus Christ. He knew that was his purpose. That was what he was born for. That was what he prepared for. And he did it and did it excellently to the point where Jesus described him as the greatest of all men born of women. This was a man who, who, who knew his place. He stuck to it. Probably until a point. Why am I saying until a point? He died shortly after he started attempting to do marriage counseling. Started talking about the king's marriage. You, your job is to come and open the way for the Messiah. Your job is done. It was time for him to retire. <laughs> Find somewhere. So he started talking about the king's marriage. And his head was taken off. But this was a great man. Somebody who had come to pave the way for Jesus Christ. And, all. and he went to talk too much. He got arrested and he had an expectation that one Jesus will visit him. Just like sometimes when you are sick, you expect your pastors to come and visit you. <laughs> and when they don't come, you are offended. I will not attend that church again. Even during this lockdown, COVID 19, how many people have called me? To check on me to see how I'm feeding. Have you checked on anybody? Have you also taken a phone to call somebody and check on the person? <laughs> Hallelujah. John the Baptist was offended that one Jesus Christ didn't come to visit him in prison. How do you know Jesus' head was also not have been taken off? <laughs> and his ministry would have ended prematurely. If he had come to visit him in prison, he said, Ah, he's the one you were, you, you were talking about, then, 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 things like that. In fact, let us finish him before he even starts his ministry. That's just by the way. <laughs> but Jesus had a lot of things doing. There were reasons why Jesus Christ didn't come. He probably knew this was how it was supposed to end for John the Baptist. The Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. He knew the end from the beginning. He probably knew this was the end. This was how the man was supposed to go. After all, he created John the Baptist. The Bible says through him all things were made. And John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus came onto the earth. That means Jesus was in heaven the time John the Baptist was being created. And if through him all things were made, that means Jesus made John the Baptist. Beginning and the end. So he probably knew that this thing, there's no point going to fight it. One, John the Baptist expected Jesus to come to visit him in prison. Two, probably to use his powers to break him out of jail. Actually, speak to the door. Because John the Baptist didn't have a miracle ministry. He just was hard talking. Preach it as it is. Speak against the system. <laughs> didn't have a miracle ministry to command the gates to open. Lift up your heads, so you guys and be lifted up here everlasting doors of the prison that I shall walk out of this place. No, he didn't have that grace. But he knew Jesus Christ could do things. Ah, I'm sure he had heard about Charlie. Water to wine and stuff like that. Just change the metal gaze into some gas <laughs> molecules and let it disappear so that I can walk out of this place. You can do things, man. You have connections. You know, when you're looking for admission somewhere, you think somebody has connections and the person is not helping you. Expectations. People have expectations that are not met, become offended. You have a relative in the US, you want to go to US. He said the person should send you an invitation so that you use it to apply for that. For you know, the person's take cry is not correct. And in doing that, they will be found out and they will have trouble. Let him stay there quietly and do his underground job and earn some small dollars and bring you some. 
but you are offended because you ask for invitation and the person keeps saying i'll call you back i'll call you back what's that you read your message double take but he will not respond so you're offended john the baptist had expectations he was expecting jesus to come and jesus is not coming and as a result of offense he made a statement that almost negated everything that he had done he sent a message to jesus christ you my cousin i'm older than you (laughs) are you the one who was supposed to expect are you really the one that i was born to come in um introduce or we should expect another that's a very serious statement jesus i believe he was also offended when he received the message he was offended hey but you how can you say that didn't you see the heavens open you were the one baptizing me and you see that thing and when you read the account well you realize that it was john the baptist alone who saw it it was like a, a vision john the baptist saw why am i saying that if everybody there saw it and the bible says there were pharisees in the crowd they are going to see what john the baptist was doing jesus wouldn't have had a problem with being accepted by the pharisees they themselves would have gone to testify that actually the messiah we heard the voice we've seen the dog bam by 12 for john the baptist because the bible said he didn't know who jesus was so it was like a sign that this is the one you have been waiting for it's just like how in the prophetic meeting god can open the eyes of the man of god and you see something you know i can see a light upon you everybody else is looking you can't see any light but he's seeing it in the spirit so john the baptist didn't you see the heavens open didn't you hear the voice haven't you heard of the miracles that i have been performing the deaf here the lame are walking and jesus made a certain statement in matthew chapter 11 verse 6 matthew chapter 11 verse 6 matthew chapter 11 verse 6 He says, and tell him, I'm sure Jesus too was a little bit that small. Give me King James. King James. King James. He said, Yes, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. This doesn't really apply to John the Baptist, it applies to us as well. There have been a lot of times we've been offended at God. Ah, God, I asked you for this and you didn't give it to me. Me and you, we are not fine. You say, God, if you do cry at church, I won't go on Sunday. If you do, I won't pay my time. If you do, I will cut my offertory. Who loses? Ask yourself. Who? You see, offense, eh, at the end of the day, by the time I finish, you realize that you are, you are worrying yourself. You are the victim. You are the victim of your offense. Is that blessed is he? That means it is a blessing not to be offended in God. When you ask him and he says, not now and you are not offended it is a blessing you may not see the blessing as money but it's a blessing when they say a blessing it means it's a blessing hallelujah that blessing could even be that your lifespan would have been extended by one more year but you don't know but it is a blessing for you not to be offended in god and i pray that anybody who is offended with god today i plead with you let god go forgive god hallelujah release god just release him let him go and remember that he says my plans for you are plans of good and not evil hallelujah sometimes we are impatient for god to finish cooking what he has for us god says he's cooking beans for you 
and after five minutes you want to go and put oil on the beans and start eating you want things prematurely but the thing is cooking allow the thing to cook allow the steam and the fire to enter the thing for it to be softened so that when you are enjoying it you you'll be enjoying it well imagine beans that has been on fire for five minutes you go and put garlic on it you go and put oil on it you start eating you do you think you will enjoy it you will not enjoy it but after the five minutes you get angry i'm hungry and i've asked for beans and i'm not getting beans but the beans is cooking today i prophesy to you that your beans in the spirit is being cooked it is being made softer some nice things are being added to it so that when it's finally presented to you it will be the most sumptuous meal you have ever eaten hallelujah unmet expectations but you see when it comes to unmet expectations let's ask ourselves a few questions when you have expectations for somebody now let's come to our domestic existence the people you are with at home brothers and sisters husband and wife people beloved dozen you all have expectations sometimes the unmet expectations the fact that the expectations are not met you the one having the expectations you are to blame for the expectations not being met and i'll tell you why ask yourself have you adequately communicated your expectation because sometimes you have the expectation the person doesn't know that it is an expectation of yours the person is living his or her life he's doing things according to how things occur to him or her you see that's why in marriage and relationships and things when we talk about communication communication people don't understand that it's it's a major thing there's a difference between talking and communicating talking you are giving information but it may even be perceived differently from how you intended it to communicate i give the information and it is received the way i intended it to be received that is proper communication so really have you really effectively communicated your expectations so start start scanning your mind right now that person you're offended with that he should be doing this and he's not doing what she should be doing have you effectively communicated your expectation and when we talk about communicating your expectation it can be verbal that oh me this is what i like this is what i want you see sometimes we expect the people around us to be mind readers they look at you and then they just know oh but you are supposed to know that thing don't don't go near <laughs> it's a very very bad thing and it is unfair and let me tell you why it's unfair even god alpha and omega omniscient god he knows everything he knows what you want even before you open your mouth to ask still he said ask that's god he says ask tell me what you want he knows it all but he says tell me that's communication you tell me how much more a human being and the bible has said human beings don't see their heart and we can't see their heart and let me also add we can't see their brain so why do you expect that no you you should know maybe if the thing had happened tomorrow you would have seen and known because circumstances would be different sometimes somebody goes to school has had a bad day his mind or her mind is on something else he or she is dealing with something else so maybe today the person might not notice that need that you have but tomorrow he may or she may 
Hallelujah. Have you effectively communicated your expectations? That is the question. And you see, as I said, communicating your expectations is not just about speaking. It's not, you're not just about saying it that, oh, I don't mean this is what I like, or this is what I don't like, or this or this. Or this. Sometimes you communicate how you feel about something or whether you want something or not by your posturing. There's something we call posturing. When I talk about posturing, I'm talking about your attitude towards the thing. For example, maybe you are somebody who likes to be pampered when you are not feeling well. You like to be treated nicely and you know, or something. Or when you are in a bad mood, you actually want somebody to comfort you and pamper you. Yes. But what has been your posturing in the past? So the other day she tried comforting you when you were not in a good mood. Hey, please, please. I'm not in a good mood. Please, please, please. I need my space. I need my space. Or you cut the conversation short on the phone. It is a posture you have taken. And the person will look at the posture and draw a certain conclusion that, okay, this person, when she's in a bad mood or when he's in a bad mood, let me leave him or her alone. And then, but maybe deep inside, you actually want, you see, this thing about, you are saying stop what you are doing, but what you mean is do what you are stopping. Oh, stop what you are doing, stop it. It's, just, it's like, when we were small, we used to watch Akan drama. There's something called Asul Monko. When they're in-law, the woman, when the in-law is, comes to prison, is going to give them money, say, oh, Asul Monko, Monko. Then they will release their uh, cloth, their bosono. And hide behind the thing and collect it, monko. <laughs> but she has collected it, monko. <laughs> what is your posturing towards towards things? Your posturing can also mean comments you've passed about similar things in the past. You are watching a movie. You see a man carrying his wife. You're like, oh, please, again, no, no, monko and amuawari. And you are watching the movie with your beloved. So in his subconscious, he has noted, okay, probably you don't like public display of affection. Meanwhile, too, you see, your posturing and what you desire are discordant. That's one of the, the biggest causes of offense. When what you really want and what you portray or see. There are people who like attention, but they talk. I've come to notice that sometimes when people talk against something a lot, it's really what they like. Is the do what you are stopping syndrome? What is your posture? What is your posture? So, one, have you effectively communicated your expectations? Two, what is your posture? What 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 has your attitude been towards that particular thing? And then three, have you created the right environment for that expectation to be met? You see, I'm teaching you all these things and putting the burden on you, the offended. Because at the end of the day, you need to get out of the offense. You are the one who needs to. You need to deal with the offense. The other person is not offended though. She's living her life. You are the offended one. So I'm putting all the burden on you, the offended. Sometimes when you, you analyze offense and you realize you play the part, it's easier for you to let the offense go. When you realize it's not entirely the, the other person's fault. There are times you are offended with people and you can't even tell why you are offended. When you find yourself in that situation, 
the diagnosis is clear you have been having a chit chat with the devil satan has been chatting with you and trust me satan chats with people Eve was alone satan came and had a nice chat with her which has changed human destiny satan likes it when you are in your quiet period when you are there alone he comes to whisper things into your ears sometimes all sorts of imaginations are pumped into your head that's what the bible says casting down imagination the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but are mighty through god to the pulling down of strong casting down imaginations sometimes satan can put imaginations about something the person has not even done yet what if today he comes and he starts insulting me then you've been meditating on the time you realize you are in a mood as if the thing has happened before me why it hasn't happened before the person comes home or you meet and you are giving the person attitude it's because you have been chatting with satan he has planted offense which has no basis in your heart may the lord deliver you from mental strongholds may the lord deliver you from imaginations 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 unmet expectations so communication posturing and have you created the right environment because sometimes you expect something but you've not created the right environment for it have you created the right environment now let me take you through some of the effects of these three hurt offense bitterness today i want to submit to you that these three things are more deadly to you than any virus known to man not even coronavirus that has now become the president of the world and determining everything we are doing because you see these viruses only have power over your flesh your body but hate offense and bitterness they have power over your body power over your soul and power over your spirit at the same time and i'll show it to you from scriptures hallelujah let's read first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 in fact, before then, let's go to 2 Corinthians 7 1. 2 Corinthians 7 1. Today, I want to change your understanding of the subject of holiness. For you to understand that harboring bitterness is not holiness, harboring offense is not holiness, harboring hate, it defiles you, it contaminates you, just like how the deeds of the flesh also contaminate you. He said, because we have these promises, dear friends, this is Paul speaking, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. That means the spirit man can be defiled. And let us work towards complete holiness. People think they are working in holiness, but the holiness is not complete. Because they are paying attention to the things that defile their body. The sexual sins, adultery, fornication lustful thoughts but there are things that also defile your spirit they defile your inner man and today i want to submit to you that things like anger things like bitterness things like offense they defile your inner man they defile your inner man let us read first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 first thessalonians 5 23 it says now may the god of peace himself so we are talking about sanctification here and sanctification has to be complete 
May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. That means sanctification must be complete. And what does it go on to say? You see, when you see a semicolon, it means it's coming to explain what it was said further. So it's talking about complete sanctification. It said, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So sanctification, when we talk about somebody sanctified person, it's not just that you have stopped fornicating, you have stopped having lustful thoughts, you stopped engaging in sexual immorality and things like that. Those ones are good, but it is not complete if you are still harboring things like bitterness, if you are harboring things like hate, if you are harboring things like offense. These are things that cause your spirit man to become filthy. Hallelujah. In our relationship with God, harboring offense, having offense, quarrels, hatred. They degrade our worship of God. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24. Matthew 5, 23 to 24. He said, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, and a sacrifice at the altar doesn't necessarily mean offering. In our time, our sacrifices, our praise is a sacrifice. Our worship is a sacrifice. Our prayers are a sacrifice because it goes unto God as incense. He said, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, our temple, concept of the temple has changed. It's not just a building now. It's you yourself. So as you are sitting there listening to me, you are a temple. Hallelujah. And you suddenly, so he says, when you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, that means you are praying, you are worshiping, whatever. And it could also mean coming to church, being in church itself. Okay. And you suddenly remember that somebody has something against you that means you and somebody are not fine there's some tension somewhere let's see what the verse 24 says leave your sacrifice there at the altar go and be reconciled to that person then come and offer your sacrifice to God hallelujah look through the scripture I dare say a lot of the fastings you fasted have been useless you fasted. I can't. Because what you are doing. Because you are doing it deep inside your heart. You have an issue with somebody. You are offended by somebody. And look, look out for this thing. When you are about to start a fast, look out for unnecessary quarrels. Among spouses, among people in relationships, brethren. You see, I had one minister say there's something you call PPQ, post-preaching quarrel, that preachers must look out for. Look out for quarrels, unnecessary quarrels with spouses, the people you even do the ministry with and everything. Satan will create situations where it's like what you are coming to do, you end up wasting your energy and it is useless. PPQ. So for the ordinary church members, it's PCQ, pre-church quarrel. And he says it happens most of the time Saturday evening and Sunday morning. I need to carry out a research on that. Maybe interview some pastors <laughs> or people who minister. It's not only to be worship leaders. And anybody who ministers unto God. And for anybody who comes to church. Just before you come. Even children can offend you. Make you angry in the car. Sit down here. You are not sitting there. By the time you come to church, you are cooling down. By the time you have half cooled down, worship is already over. 
by the time you are becoming fine, the sermon is over. Why did you come to church? <laughs> you should have stayed at home and dealt with your anger. But he's saying when you remember that somebody has an issue against you. And this one, I find it interesting. It's not even you have an issue against somebody. When somebody has an issue against you. Settle the matter. Before you come. Hallelujah. But I believe it's, 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 it's both. It's like, what he's trying to say is that there's an issue somewhere. So even if it's you who has an issue with somebody. You may not need to go and speak to the person. Just forgive the person in your heart and go to church. Simple. It's as simple as that. So look at how offense, bitterness, hurt can affect our relationship with God. It says leave it at the altar. Let's see what the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15. I've told you that all of these things will produce anger. They'll produce hatred. Desire for revenge and payback. It said, Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. This is a biblical description of somebody who has hatred in his heart. It means you don't have love for the person. You you dislike the person. And look, when you have offense, bitterness against people, sometimes you can see the hatred even from the way they look at the person. The person comes to pass. And then when they will scan the person with their eyes until the person leaves their view, you can see hatred is being emitted. If their eyes could shoot arrows, the person would be dead. Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So sometimes, the pastor, you are preaching in church and you are preaching to murderers. Killers. You criticize Cain. I was killing his brother. By your hatred, you are like Cain. You and Cain have the same anointing. Madras, you are madra if you hate your brother. First John chapter 3, verse 14. So, in church, you can have madras in church. Can be preaching to madras. First John chapter 3, verse 14. He says, We know we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. When you are walking in hatred, you are dead. So, in church, you have madras on one side, you have dead people. On another side, hey, <laughs> the church needs cleansing from head to toe, starting from the pulpit right to the layman. First John four twenty. He said, "If a man say I love God and he hated his brother, he is a liar." That means we have madras, we have uh, what's the other group? Dead people and liars. In church, three strong opposition groups in the church. Why is it that the church is not going on well? When you are preaching, you are preaching to murderers, you are preaching to liars, and you are preaching to which people? Dead people. I'm thinking of dead goods. The word of God is supposed to be like a sword. It said, Dead goods doesn't fear knife. Dead God doesn't fear the sword of the word. You preach and preach and it's like, Charlie, let us close and go home. <laughs> you are dead. Because you have hatred in your heart. May the Lord heal us of hatred. May the Lord make his love well up in our hearts for people. May, may the Lord give you a, a, a supernatural ability to forgive people. 
for the things that they do to you. So there are serious spiritual effects. If you want to be fully sanctified, you want to be fully holy, walk in forgiveness. Don't harbor bitterness. Don't harbor offense. There are some of the things you may feel like you have a right to be offended. You may feel like you have a right to be offended. And I'll come to how to deal with it very soon. But I've shown you some of the spiritual effects of bitterness, of um, hurt, offense. Now I want to show you some of the physical effects on your body. That's why I'm telling you this one is more deadly than coronavirus. Coronavirus can't make you a murderer. Coronavirus can't make you a liar. But bitterness, offense, hurt can let these things happen to you. Coronavirus can, cannot contaminate your spirit. At best it will contaminate your blood. Shut off a few organs. If your time is up, you die and go. But this thing has an effect on your inner man and it has an effect on your body as well. Now let me let me share a few facts with you. Facts that have been gathered through research. Properly done research, peer-reviewed research. It's not like somebody sitting somewhere and just concocting some figures. Let me give you some physical, negative physical effects of anger and bitterness and those things. The first one is that some people realize, they did some research and realized that in the two hours after an angry outburst, your chances of having a heart attack doubles. So you have an angry outburst. You have a shouting match with your wife or your colleague or your roommate or your brother or something. The two hours after that, your chances of having a heart attack doubles. See, if you, you shout with somebody, you angry, then, 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 and no, ah, my heart, you say the witches in my village. It's not the witches in your village. Bitterness, anger. With those things, the devil doesn't need the help of witches. It can kill you prematurely. There's a strong association between repressed anger and heart disease. Those who have repressed anger, anger that they have. And, 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 and that is offense. When it's there, deep, it's there, deeply seated. Heart disease. There's a strong association. The next one is that there's a three times higher risk of having a stroke after an angry outburst. You see, when you talk about angry outbursts, some people have this theory that let me let it out and be free. But this being free, you no, know, puts you in a two-hour window of, of possible danger. Nobody is saying you should deal with the you should you should not deal with the with the anger, but deal with it in a problem-solving manner, with a problem-solving attitude. Because sometimes you deal with issues, and what you are doing is not meant to solve the problem. You just want to satisfy your flesh. Let me tell him something. Because if I don't say it, I can't sleep. You see the filthiness of your spirit. You are talking like the one who say, if I don't sleep with a woman, I cannot sleep. You yours is that you need to say something. So that I'll be happy, I'll be fine. And you are dealing with the thing, but not in a problem-solving manner. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed is a blessing to be a peacemaker. To be a peacemaker, you don't have to be right all the time. 
sometimes you are even wrong but because you are a child of god and and you have the dna of christ in you you decide that look let me just be a fool and let peace prevail hallelujah the bible says as much as possible live at peace with all men including difficult people including unreasonable people including selfish people all kinds of people said as much as possible that means try until you can't try again some people try small no i'm tired i'm i'm tired i've had enough i can't handle this anymore i'm tired he said as much as possible that means give it a try push it until you get to the point where you know really 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 you cannot try anymore hallelujah so there's a three times higher risk of having a stroke after an angry outburst during the two hours i don't know what it is about the two hours but may, may you survive the two hours <laughs> it's a brain aneurysms when we talk about aneurysms the blood vessel is supposed to be like a water hose a tube but there are abnormalities in certain blood vessels where you have part of the of the tube ballooning you see a balloon has very thin walls that's why it can burst easily and trust me there are a lot of people walking around with aneurysms in their brain they don't know parts of the blood vessels have have ballooned like that and the research said what brain aneurysms are six times more likely to rapture that means best following an angry outburst so you get angry when the thing bursts, you get a stroke and most of the time people don't survive those kinds of things when aneurysms burst like that you don't survive it so a lot of these sudden death things a person was there suddenly he died and blah 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 you say witches 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 the witch is offense the witch is bitterness the witch is anger the witch is hatred hallelujah so let's watch this thing about our angry outbursts we feel it's therapeutic let me just free my mind and i'll be okay you are placing yourself in danger six times more likely for an aneurysm i pray that you don't have an aneurysm even if you have one may the lord heal you right now but you place yourself in harm's way by some of these outbursts next point and this one was from harvard university itself harvard university scientists found that in healthy people simply recalling an angry experience from the past that is immediate past or distant past it could be something that angered you when you were a child it could be something that angered you yesterday immediate past or distant past caused a six hour dip in the levels of antibody immunoglobulin a the antibodies we have different categories we have one called immunoglobulin a and the immunoglobulin a or iga it is found in what we call the mucous membranes which are the entry points into the body so the eyes the nose can you guess where i'm going with what is going on right now don't touch your eyes cover your nose and these immunoglobulins are like the wall that prevents certain things from entering the body you see we have some that fight when when the thing has now entered the body but these ones are like first line they are the wall and it's saying that simply recalling an angry experience whether in the immediate past or the distant past it causes a six hour dip in the levels of iga in your body 
You see, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, a man who doesn't have control over himself is like a city without walls. These immunoglobulins are like the walls that prevent certain things from, 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 from entering your system. When you are remembering anger, and you know some people have a problem of actually dwelling in the place of remembering their past heads. It's like they wallow in it. They have this strange enjoyment for that kind of thing. Whenever they are quiet, they just want to try and remember something somebody did to hurt them. You are reducing your immunity. Hallelujah. In this day of coronavirus, which can enter through the eyes, can enter through the nose. As you think about the past hurts and the angry experiences, you are reducing the soldiers that are supposed to fight some of these things from entering you. For six hours, it's like the, the soldier population just dips like that and you are putting yourself in harm's way. Hallelujah. May the Lord help you to get rid of anger. May the Lord help you to get rid of bitterness. May the Lord help you to get rid of offenses in your life. He said, if you are stressed and angry, you will shorten your lifespan. A University of Michigan study done over a 17-year period, that means it was a very serious research, found that couples who hold in their anger have a shorter lifespan than those who deal with their anger. For the sake of your children, deal with your anger, deal with your offense, because you are cutting short your life. Hallelujah. We can see clearly that anger and all these things affect your spirit. They affect your body. It can shorten your lifespan. It can end your destiny. That's why somebody said, when you are bitter, it's like drinking poison and expecting somebody else to die. That's what you do to yourself when you are angry. And bitterness defiles us. Let's read Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 defilement it's not just adultery it's not just fornication that defiles her bitterness anger offense when you keep it it's a looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this many become defiled that means bitterness can defile you bitterness can make you dirty and it's because of all of these effects you realize that the Bible admonishes us to run away from anger as much as possible. So it gives a certain time span. He said, be angry, but don't let your anger lead you to sin. Ask for the offense it to come. But don't hold it for too long. He says, don't let the sun set on your anger. Because so long as you are angry, you are defenseless. And you see, when the Bible says a man who can't control himself is like a city without walls, it's not just walls to coronavirus, even to in the spirit. You are open, your defenses are down. Then ah, okay, this is a good time to attack. Comes and puts some very funny ideas into your mind. You take some very bad decision in your anger. That just changes your life for the worse. My prayer for you is that God will help you to deal with hatred, God will help you to deal with offenses in offenses against your spouses offenses against your brothers that some of you you are hurt because a parent of yours didn't treat you well they probably said certain things to you that killed your morale in life some of you expected your fathers to be more supportive but they didn't you were raised by a single mother you're offended you are angry you are bitter you are hurt 
But today I want you to understand that you are the one hurting yourself. You are the one at a disadvantage. Your body is breaking down because of that hurt. Your spirit man and your relationship with God is affected. Your holiness is affected just because you are holding in offense and you are holding in bitterness. What is the solution to all of these things? Forgive. Just forgive. It is easier to forgive when you consider the fact that you yourself you offend people. And if you offend people, it's not alright to continue to offend people. When Jesus said offense will come, he said offense will come, but woe unto the one through whom it will come. That means that's what the offense will come. But between all of you, woe unto the one. When Jesus uses the word woe, it means it's very serious. Woe unto the one through whom it may come. And offense is such a powerful tool in the hands of the enemy. Look at the things it can do. If you are going to put this tool into somebody's hands by offending the person, then you must have a very good reason. That's why even as a leader, you mustn't talk by heart. You must purpose in your heart not to deliberately offend your people. There are some things, eh? You can deal with them in a way that will not cause offense. You can also deal with it in a way that will cause offense. But at the end of the day, when you cause offense, you have to deal with the consequences. But if you choose a wiser way of dealing with it, you will get your results and not have to deal with any consequences. It's not every time that you just blast openly, bam, 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 like that. People will be offended. People will be offended. Everybody has dignity. When you blast the people in front of the church, Oh, you know, the gentleman you are blasting is eyeing a certain lady in the corner. And you have reduced his form drastically and dramatically. He will be offended. You have, you have given the devil a tool. And the interesting thing about offense too is that it can spread. Just like a virus. It can spread. If the person gets offended, he goes to talk to the friend after church. You see what Pastor did? It wasn't nice. Yeah, it's true. Ah, no, these things must stop. These things must stop. These things they must stop. It's it's not nice at all. Then she too is getting angry. The more they talk about it, then he's getting angry. He's getting angry. You are spreading the bitterness. Then you also go and speak to another person. And the time you realize a coalition of offended bitter people is being formed. When people born, most of the time there's one thing that is bonding them. And sometimes offense can be the one thing that binds people. All of us, they blasted us openly before. So we can identify with each other. I can understand. Then you begin to bond, you begin to bond, you begin to bond. And these things can give rise to rebellion and things like that. May you not be a tool of offense in somebody's life. Learn to forgive. Let things go. Let things go. You yourself, you are not, you are not perfect. You do offend people. Let things go. When Jesus saw that adulterous woman, they were about to say, He said, He who has no sin, let him be the first to cast a stone. All of you that are standing, if you say you've not sinned before, cast the first stone. When you have this mentality, it's easier for you to let people go. Unforgiveness is one of the subtle manifestations of pride. When you find it difficult to forgive people, most of the times because you have an overbloated mentality of yourself. An overbloated image of yourself. 
you you think you, you are fine you you are okay maybe because you are not getting somebody to be pointing out your mistakes to you all the time you think everything is all right but we all offend people so when somebody offends you just consider the fact that the person is just like me let me forgive the person when you also consider the fact that you may have played a role in the person offending you it's easier for you to forgive as i've shown you sometimes you don't create the right conditions for your expectations to be met if you let this enter your mind enter your spirit and you understand that there is a possibility that you also contributed to this thing it is easier for you to forgive and even if you don't find any of these reasons why you must forgive just forgive for god's sake that i'm just looking at god for god's sake and your own sake because of the damage it does to you and forgive the person let the person go i want to give you a task today you may be harboring bitterness against somebody maybe somebody who left you midway in a relationship you were dreaming of marriage but the person decided that i want a taller girl i want a fairer girl i want somebody of a different tribe I want somebody with a different profession. And you are hurt. You are bitter. A father who didn't take care of you. A father who has disowned you. You are are harboring hurt, bitterness, offense. A spouse who has not met your expectations. Today I want you to carry out an exercise. Write all of those things down on a piece of paper. Physically, write them down. Pour your heart out on the paper. And then after a session of prayer for God to dissolve your heart of all unforgiveness and bitterness, tear that paper into as many pieces as you can and throw it away. And symbolically as you are throwing it away, you are flashing your heart of every bit of bitterness, of every bit of filth. Because this thing is poisonous. It is eating your body up. It is eating your spirit up. It is interfering with your destiny. You you are not able to hear God as much as you are supposed to hear God because you are harboring bitterness, anger. Anger has filled your spirit and numbed your sensitivity to God. So even when danger is coming and God is warning you, you can't hear. All because your spirit man is filled with anger. Today, I want to admonish you to let, let it go. Let it go. Open that valve and let that bile drain out. Let that poison drain out. And you realize that your life will become better. Your desire for prayer will go up. Your desire for reading the word will go up. You will be healthier. That blood pressure of yours will start normalizing. A lot of people have been praying for healing from God for certain conditions and they are not getting the healing. And the reason is that they are harboring bitterness. They are harboring offense. Let that bitterness go. Let that offense go. I've heard of stories of people. They prayed for them for healing. It never happened until one man of God had a word of knowledge that you are holding something against somebody the person let it go and immediately this person had arthritis where the hands were bent in pain the moment she prayed a prayer for god to forgive her for the bitterness she was harboring immediately the hands began to straighten and all the pain went away may you get rid of that pain may you get rid of that bitterness may you get rid of that offense may your marriage come back alive again wipe the slate clean forgive forget relate well once again just lift up your voice and begin to pray the lord give me the grace give me the grace give me the grace to forgive give me the grace to cleanse my heart of that bitterness that thing the person said to me that has been hurting me that i've been pondering about that that i've been wallowing in lord drain my heart 
of that bitterness today in the name of Jesus. Those unfulfilled expectations, pray the Lord, grant me the grace to overcome the, the, the bitterness, the offense associated with these things in the name of Jesus. The Bible says it is not by might nor by power but by my spirit. I can tell you thousand ways of going about it but if it is not done by the spirit of God, it is useless. It, it, it will not come to any fruit. You want to pray that Holy Spirit help me. Some of you may need to go on a fast. Some of you may need to go on some special kind of prayers. The Lord Desilt my heart, desilt my heart. Just, just clean that gutter. I've been harboring this thing for too long. It is affecting my relationship with my brothers. It's affecting my relationship with my my my, my sisters. It's affecting my relationship with my co-workers, my spouse, my beloved. You want to pray that Lord grant me the grace to start afresh in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Shall we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus? We thank you for this word that has come forth. We pray that this word will be cemented deep down in our spirits. We pray for ourselves, O oh God, the Lord, you will cleanse us of every contamination from bitterness, offense, hatred, past hurt. Without your Holy Spirit, it is impossible. We ask and we surrender totally to you, the power of your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit, the power of your spirit begin to run through us right now. I pray for anybody under the sound of my voice that is struggling with hurt, that is struggling with bitterness, that is struggling with offense. Let the spirit of God touch you wherever you are right now in the name of Jesus. We pray that the Lord will send his ministering angels unto you, bearing the soothing balm of Gilead to soothe your pain, to bind up your wounds. To bring speedy healing unto you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, I pray that through this word, people's health will begin to spring forth. I pray that through this word, relationships will be mended. I pray that through this word, people's lives will be brought back on course with your plans, your purposes for their lives in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for the cleansing power of your word. Thank you, Lord, for the cleansing power of your spirit. And we declare that our lives are never the same Our marriages are never the same Our relationships are never the same Our interactions with the people around us Are never the same Because we are getting rid of unforgiveness We are getting rid of hatred We are getting rid of anger We are getting rid of bitterness And we declare that our bodies are moving on to a different level of health Because we are removing all these poisonous contaminants from our system Thank you Lord we give you glory, we give you praise. To glory, Father, to glory, Son, to glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, Reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Someone overflow!